Hello, and thanks for joining us for Defining Marriage yet again. I'm Matthew, and I'm back at home with James. Hi, James. Lipschitz. Cicero. Go, go. Mayonnaise. Lipschitz. Cicero. Go, go. Mayonnaise. You were in the land of Chicago, and tell me all about it, baby. Lay it on me. Yes. So, I went to Chicago to visit some family and to see uh, International Mr. Leather and to go to a queer prom. And uh, what else did I do while I was there? I visited some friends, and that was lovely. And, yeah, I rode a train. Uh, It was was a good time. You rode a train. Yeah, this you didn't tell me about. The other things I was filled in on, so to speak. But uh, you rode a train, Mm choo-choo? Where did you go? Um, You know, I rode the train from one into the airport to where I got off to go to family. Magnificent. Yes. I, I took public transit. That's that's the extent of the, that excitement. Oh, and did you make any uh, shocking discoveries? I don't think I did. It's um, Chicago trains are fine. They don't thrill me exactly like uh, Seattle's, which are very new and modern and shiny and sleek. Chicago's are a bit more like New York's where they're, they're kind of clunky. They don't thrill you a bit. Is that the city where it was said, don't fuck with the babysitter? I think it is. Yes, yes. I saw that building, the one with the slanty roof that they have to repel up or down or something. Did you fuck with any babysitters? I don't think so. No. I may have patted a few. There were some pups there, and I I patted them on the head. Tell me about the patting of the pups. Oh, I went to a pup romp. Mm -hmm. Uh, I was photographing the party for The Advocate and writing about it for Rolling Stone, and uh, I went to uh, not not just this one party for all these things, but I was photographing International Mr. Leather for for all of them. And uh, so I went to a pup romp where everybody was down on all fours and barking and some people were standing around them being handlers and throwing squeaky toys and running through the crowd with a squirrel costume and just entertaining all the human pups describe the squirrel costume in great detail it wasn't elaborate i'd say it's you know it's just like um you know kind of a uh, polyester onesie with a tail on the back and you could slip into the onesie and run through and pups were all arf, ruff, arf, ruff and chasing the squirrel. Now, you said that the when they caught the squirrel, though, yes, they did a there, number there on was, it. It did appear to be uh, in pieces by the end of, like, there were a lot of, like, tearings and pouncings and rippings. I don't know with teeth oh, or what, but I, I, saw, I saw fragments of fabric. Oh, it was Conker's Bad Fur Day. I guess so. How many squirrel suits do they go through at this event? I don't know. There seems to be one a year. Oh, I see. Yeah, that seems to be the way the way they do it. The, if the squirrel sees its shadow, it's going to have an orgasm. The, so, the whole thing seems to... Yes, that's how squirrels work. Uh, the whole thing seems... To, it's, a, it's a very difficult life, uh, because you've got to stay away from uh, harsh sources of light. You need soft boxes, soft boxes, soft boxes everywhere. Yes, that is... All squirrels are like Elizabeth Taylor appearing in the White Diamonds commercial. Do-do-do-do. That's the sound. Uh-huh. Yep. She's like a genie. Yep. And then, then she emerges from the gauze. This has always brought me luck. Mm. That, Liz has, Liz has had better days. Look, she did a lot for AIDS. I suppose she did. And I think we should celebrate her for that. I guess we should. And we should buy more white diamonds. Millennials are killing white diamonds. Oh, yeah. I, I wonder if millennials are killing perfume, too. Uh, well, they stink. <laughs> no, they're just fine. They they're smell fine. great. I saw a lot of young people yeah. at IML. How did IML smell? Uh, mostly okay. Did it smell like white diamonds? I bet it didn't. I bet it didn't. Nope. Uh, it smelled, there was some, there was some body odor, but not a ton, not a ton. It wasn't like going to like the worst of the nerd conventions where Mm. it can become uh, a bit, um, humid. And then there was, uh, there was the rubber meetup and you could smell that from a mile away. It's just a lot of rubber and lube smell from, from that party. You have to lube up and, you know, put talcum powder and, and stuff to get into the costume. So, uh. There was a, a pretty distinctive smell from that. The leather itself, I didn't really smell that much leather. Were there any cows in attendance? Posthumously. Yes. Well, I, I was wondering if maybe uh, there are some cows who, are, who fetishize their own uh, transformation, their erotic transformation <laughs> into, into, a jacket. into a jacket or uh, maybe a, a crotchless diaper. I think uh, Chicago. Yeah, sure. Uh, what would a crotchless diaper be, James? It would be uh, Just the, some a reverse jock strap. There's a little pouch that goes over the butt, and then okay. two little straps that... It, someone just put their jockstrap on backwards, is what's <laughs> happened. And then when they're called out on it, they go, It's a crotchless diaper! Mm-hmm. It's a fashion. It's a fashion diaper. It's like Elizabeth Taylor wore. Doo-doo-doo. 
I think Chicago uh, doesn't have a lot of cows downtown these days. Oh, but they used to. Didn't they have a meatpacking district? I guess IML is the meatpacking district. That's the new meatpacking district, district, Indeed. I bet some meat was packed. Mm -hmm. Some uh, pecks were picked. Yep. And and, and And pickles were peppered. I bet they were. Yeah. So anyway, Chicago was very nice, and I got to see Ducky and Michaela. Oh, yes. Last week, you had a special guest dog, Mm. and you also had Ducky. Mm, Sure. Uh, Yeah. We had uh, we had a nice little a nice little visit, and uh, it was nice to it was nice to see them. Mm-hmm. Now, but, but let's hear it for your rainbow tour. Will it be an incredible success? Uh, let's hope so. I depart in two days for Iceland, and then immediately Copenhagen. After that, I mean, my Iceland visit is all of an hour as a layover. Oh well, then why why list it? At why all? even list it? Mm-hmm. So I go to Copenhagen. I yes. spend some time in um, Denmark. Then I go to Amsterdam. I spend some time there. Uh, I go to Madrid and Paris and Germany. I go to England, and then I go to Iceland to spend a proper week there and that's my that's my voyage that's my trip now amsterdam that reminded me of a red light district which reminded me that when you were in chicago so we're backing up here i've i've gotten everything all jumbly tumbly scrumbly Mm -hmm. in the mouth um when you were in chicagoland you are now you are sometimes a photograph tricks yes that's what we call your profession sometimes that you go from place to place snapping photos and you were going to the house of blues Mm -hmm. to snap oh my god yes so that happened uh yeah so i was gonna i was not even gonna go to this party because uh, it's difficult to do the back and forth with the logistics of getting in and you and dan Aykroyd had a terrible falling out years ago over the ghost boosters (laughs) yeah um and so i wasn't gonna go uh, because i got enough photos mostly I, i was like okay i'll just get some extras at other parties and it'll be fine and then I happened to be getting lunch with a friend, and he was like, oh, you should meet my friend Brett, who just happened to be walking by. And I was like, oh, hello, nice to meet you, buddy, nice to meet you. And it turned out Brett was one of the people in charge of the House of Blues party. What a coincidence. And so he was like, oh, I'll put you on the list. Come on, take some pictures, and it'll be great. And so I was like, well, I mean, sure, okay. I, I mean, if it's that easy, I'll go do it. So I did. Uh, I went. I showed up. Um, and then uh, at the door, they, so I got a text that was like, oh, just go to this booth and tell them who you are. And so I go up to the booth and I'm like, hey, uh, I'm Matt. And, uh, and I, said, I said something like, uh, I should be on the list, uh, Matt Baum. And the guy who was at the at the podium was like, oh, it's so good to see you again. How have you been? I had no idea who he was. And I was like, so good. How have you been? And so we had this kind of nervous, awkward, oh, who are you sort of thing going for a little while. He's like, come on with me. I'll show you back. And so he took me into the, up the elevator to the VIP club. And he's like, here's the VIP club. Isn't this great here? The balconies and just showing you around. I'm going to take you backstage to your dressing room. I was like, my dressing room? But oh, okay. And so he takes me backstage to the dressing room. He's like, there's a shower in there. There's some food and some drinks over here and uh, he's like i can take you out on stage later and uh you know he's showing me around all the backroom stuff and uh then the the guy the brat who i'd met uh who's in charge of the let's just point out here. yes he showed you to your dressing room yes let's just make that clear because you rushed through a bunch of things the, the thing here that's that's very weird is mm-hmm. to take the photographer up to the vip lounge and say this will be your dressing room yes yes you don't normally do that with a photographer it is unusual but i was like well i guess i mean it's house of blues so i guess they call this the dressing room and this is just where i can put down my bag why does it being the house of blues because it's a performance venue and they have a dressing room and they're like here's where you can put your stuff down and while you're you put it leave it here while you're photographing fair enough I mean, that's not 100% unusual. It's just a little weird for him to point out where the shower is in case I need it. Oh, right. So then the guy whose party it was came in and he was like, oh, hey, I, you guys met. Great. This is Matt, the photographer. And uh, the guy who was showing me around was like, yes, yes, he is. And, uh, and you were like, yes, yes, I am. And then he referred to the guy who was showing me around by name. And it was AK. And I was like, oh, now I know who you are. Okay. I interviewed you a year ago. I haven't seen you in a year. And that's why I just interviewed you for an hour. And I don't recognize you and your beard is different. And you're not wearing a shirt now and you don't have hedgehogs because he had hedgehogs last time i saw him he didn't bring the hedgehogs to the house of blues for some reason Hmm. and so then i recognized him and it wasn't until i was telling the story days later to james that james pointed out the very obvious conclusion about what was going on here he didn't know who i was he thought i was a go-go dancer well that seems like the most likely scenario to me just because of the kind of uh, 
it wasn't like, oh, here's where you'll be shooting. Here, like, you can put your bag behind the DJ booth or whatever. It was, here's your dressing room. Here's the shower. Here's where you can give yourself a horse bath. Mm-hmm. Uh, that sort of thing. Yeah. So I think that's what was happening the whole time. Uh, fortunately, fortunately, that was that was cut off. Uh, when, or maybe by you arrival. just stank. <laughs> maybe that's why he was like, okay, you Here's need to get showers. changed. You need a shower. Oh, Oof, possible. P. Yusa, that rubber and lube has really done a number Built on up. you sister <sighs> sister i can't believe i missed her now that i have her jack k jack k never go away i don't know what that is oh so also just to look at the other go-go's that they had at this venue uh i was showing james pictures of uh the actual dancers and he was like oh little herman because they were they were large they were big muscle men i don't think i would have exactly fit in but i was also wearing a big bulky jacket which must have made me look very formidable and imposing i don't know maybe maybe or or maybe just uh he, he was like well maybe he's got an enormous penis Probably. That will explode into the audience and blind them. It's blinding me with science! I do have that look about me. You do have that look about you, it's true. Now, back, though, to your Rainbow Tour may be an incredible success. Is it not true that you are funding this Rainbow Tour by taking all the contributions from Patreon that were meant to go to Sewers of Paris and combining it with all the proceeds from the, the book... Defining Marriage, all the all the sales, all the many, many sales of the book Defining Marriage, combining that into a slush fund with matching funds from George Soros, who I'm still not sure is a real person. I think he might be a fictional character, because I, I have no idea who he is other than when a conspiracy theory comes up. But you, you are taking all the money from Patreon and all the money from Defining Marriage, and uh, it, this has all been a long con for you to go on a rainbow tour. Well, here's the thing, is this tour has uh, a lot of funding sources. Uh, I'm funding it out of my own pocket, but uh, I am funding it with the... Which pocket? My, the pocket where you keep the enormous penis? Yes, that oh. one. I'm funding it out of that. Oh uh, so it's possible for me to do this. So here's what I'm going to be doing on the tour, is I'm going to be reporting on LGBT issues and photographing events and going to conferences and meeting with creators uh, in Europe. I'm going to be recording some uh, Suez of Paris interviews and doing all that stuff. Will you uh, be meeting Telemachus de Moulis? Who? What? He ran a grocery store in my hometown. Oh, well, probably not. Oh. I'm not going to Lowell. Lowell is not a stop on my European tour. It's not part of the European tour. So it's going to be possible for me to tell these stories and to cover these issues, uh, LGBT stuff that's going on around the world, because of the support of people who support my projects, because of the folks who buy Defining Marriage, and thanks to the folks who are uh, supporting the Sewers of Paris, and also thanks to my clients like Rolling Stone and The Advocate and all those. Yeah, I was being facetious, of course, because you're not actually using that money. The what? You're not actually using your Patreon contribution. I was I was being facetious, Matthew, and you've somehow turned this into uh Sewers of Paris is sending you to Europe. It's not. No. But Sewers of Paris, because people support the work that I do, it's possible for me to do more work. Yes, that is true. That is true. It, it, but it I'm not frees, slush funding. It frees you up. I'm not I'm not saying thanks for the money, suckers, you get nothing and I go to Europe. Yes, I I was doing a little a little goof to set you up to talk about the work you'd be doing there for various uh, news outlets covering the LGBT issues from a global perspective, which yes. is important uh, right now yes, because uh, here in the U.S. there's tr- there's troubles, but uh, there's signs of hope and there's signs of uh, not hope yeah. elsewhere in the world. Well, that is true, and that's something we're going to talk about on on this week's episode oh, because dear. there's yeah, there's quite a lot of news from around the world going on. There's going to be uh, while I'm in Europe, there's going to be a conference, Madrid World Pride is going to be happening, and so I'm planning to go to a conference there uh, and uh, to meet up with some journalists in Amsterdam and Copenhagen. Uh, I'm planning to go to Pride in London, uh, meeting up with another guy in Berlin, and uh, oh, and also in Paris. I'm going to be hopefully recording some Sewers of Paris uh, episodes in Paris itself. Probably not in the sewers, uh, but I'm going to be meeting up with some journalists there. Uh, so lots to do, lots to keep me busy. Uh, I'm also James, can I confess something? What do you confess? confess? Oh, a, a dashboard confessionals from a dance floor. Now, you, you may know that sometimes a change in routine makes me feel a bit nervous. Yes. That I'm, I, I enjoy being a creature of habit sometimes. You break out in hives and you have to poop all the time. So, thank you for that revelation. Yes. Uh, but so when we went on our first road trip, uh, for the first two or three days, uh, I developed a skin rash because of the stress of what a change in routine it was. Yes. I'd like to think that I have 
gotten a little more flexible and, and better at, at that sort of thing since then. Well, since you started go-go dancing, you've certainly sure. become more flexible. <laughs> yes. um, but here's my confession. Yes. I am very scared about this trip. Why is that? Um, for mostly non-legitimate reasons, I think. Ah. I am afraid that I'm going to throw up on the airplane. I am afraid that I'm Could going happen. to fall off a bicycle. I'm afraid that uh, I'm going to get lost in a strange European city and have nowhere to go, no one to turn to, and I'll be terrified. You I'm, will probably end up briefly lost a few times. I am just, in general, scared to go to a new place where everyone will be a stranger. And everything is new. Well, everything you have just said is legitimate. These are all things. You very well may fall off a bicycle. You will probably not know where you are in a strange city. Uh, you will also not know the strangers in the strange city. And you may throw up on the airplane. Um, but those all seem like blips in a trip that otherwise affords opportunities to do lots of new and interesting and exciting things, and you will probably forget about falling off the bicycle and remember tea with the queen. Oh, who the hell does the king of England think he is? (laughs) Um, That is a good point, and that there are a lot of things to focus, a lot of opportunities and excitement to focus on. I'm going to be participating in a game jam where we can make a... You're going to make jam? We're going to make jam. Tomorrow or yesterday? (laughs) We're going to be able to make a game uh, about sex and relationships, which Mm -hmm. I have no idea what that's going to be like, but let's do it. Uh, I'm going to be meeting a lot of new people, going to places, seeing things. Uh, It's an exciting opportunity. Are you going to make a game where you fill a butt with eggs and and then oil and you uh, make love to it? Mayonnaise butt? Is it that- is, it, but it's LARPing. You have to do it IRL. Sure. I am Carson Daly with IRL Live. I'm going to miss you very much, James. Oh. I had a little cry yesterday because I was thinking about how much I'll miss you for You'll the miss two me months when I'm, I'm away. when I'm dead. I, I will I'll miss you very much when you're dead. But then I'll, I hope that doesn't happen while I'm, while I'm gone. But then, like in that Vincent Price movie, you can do me up with strings and have me chase people into pits. Slowly. Sure, sure. And uh, House you know on Haunted one. Hill. That's the one. I, I wanted to say uh, the 13 Ghosts, but that's a different one with 13 Ghosts. The, the, the betrayal on the House of Haunted Hill is the one where a skeleton slow walks a woman backward into a pit. More or less, yes. Uh, it's a marionette skeleton. She just screams and keeps walking backwards yep. very, very slowly. Yep. Very, very slowly as the marionette skeleton's coming towards her. And it, then It might be my favorite movie murder. Yeah, it's pretty good. It's pretty good. And then she very slowly, like, looks behind her to make sure she's she's, <laughs> she's actually her aiming. mark. Yep. Yep. And then she just kind of collapses into the little pool. This poor actress. I'm I sure know. that water was not fun to be in. I'm sure it was a horrible experience. But yeah. it looks... It, it, it's, it's movie magic. It's pretty good. So you say you're going to miss me. I may miss you. But in the past, we... we this is not our first... Uh, this may? Is not, this, is, this is not the first time we have been divided by Europa. And your solution was to fill the house with rat feces. I don't know how I'm going to to solve the problem like Maria, but you filled the house with rat poops. That is true. While you were away in Europe for a year, I got pet rats. Yes. Is that in the book, Defining Marriage? Which, by the way, is the first, like, 18 episodes of this podcast. You should listen to that, not this. I don't know what this is. It's just a little couples therapy. I guess. Uh, So, and also, BT-dubs, everybody, uh, Defining Marriage is free for this week in June for Pride. Is it? You didn't tell me that. Oh, Oh, uh, I need to get more copies to fan my ass with. Yes, for for the first week in June, from the 5th to the 9th, I think? Oh. This week, yeah, from the fifth to the ninth, uh, defining marriage is going to be free to download. Oh, to so, honor the pride of lions. The, yep, to honor the pride of lions. Mm. So, uh, if you haven't gotten a copy of Defining Marriage the ebook yet, you can go to definingmarriage.com, and there is a link to get the ebook there on Amazon. Once you get the ebook, uh, you can get the audiobook at a discount, or you can just listen to the first eighteen episodes of this podcast for free. So, <laughs> why did I say it like a ghost? I don't know. Because the 13 ghosts who betray the house on Haunted Head have all chased the woman into the pit. Yep, you are absolutely right about all of those things. There's Fatso, Stinky, Stretch, Rubber, Luby, Popo, Doggo, uh, Hinder, Beelzebub. How, how many dogs are we doing? Beyonce, <laughs> uh, Cowabunga. Ratatouille and Merle. <laughs>
Merle. Sure. Great. Uh, yep. Those are all the dogs of, of hell. Who, who, who are you just? Those are the hellhounds of, of Huck house. We, uh, have some Europe to talk about. Oh no. I'm afraid we do. So a lot of it is good news. In fact, well then let's hear it for the rainbow tour. Let's hear it. Uh, so, uh, well, actually most of it is not European, but we've got some Malta news. Uh, Uh, Malta, uh, has, uh, just reelected their prime minister, Joseph Muscat. Okay. Uh, he is saying now that his, one of his top priorities is going to be to pass a marriage equality bill does he have a maltese i don't know because they're pretty adorable oh let's hope so maybe he is one maybe he's one of the dogs of europe perhaps Mm -hmm. so or maybe he's a falcon um so he's been the pm since 2013 Mm -hmm. marriage bill has been languishing for a long time so i don't know why now is the time now a warning now he's gonna pass marriage but uh so he's saying malta's gonna get gay marriage maybe this year Mm -hmm. so that's good through, uh, I'm sorry, I was thinking about a dog. Through the legislature, through the courts. Action, okay, yeah. oh. I'm not sure exactly how Malta's set up, but uh, it looks like they're they, they've got a bill that they've been kind of pushing and shoving around, and I guess now's the time. Well, I love what they do with milkshakes. <laughs> less into what they do with whoppers. Yes, uh, marriage has been uh, in place for quite some time already in Ireland, but uh, I'm going to talk about Ireland just briefly to congratulate Leo Varadkar. Mm-hmm. He was just uh, elected leader of the Fine Gael Party, uh, which is the majority party the find gale party was fine, that fine fine oh okay i'm sorry i, I, I like this g-a-e-l oh. okay i thought it was the find gale party it was like oprah has started a search party you know, now that i look at it i wonder if it's something like fiend gale uh, when it comes to irish uh i don't try because it's really really hard sometimes yeah so anyway he was, when something's really really hard what you do is don't just try. avoid it so he's the well, i'm gonna be going to europe which is gonna be a little difficult but i'm um, doing that uh I, irish and welsh are uniquely tricksy with their oh that's not what those letters sound like yeah uh there was just something else that was doing that to me something else that was spelled like insanely and i can't remember what it was oh well I know. other there. languages yes so <laughs> likely to be so he's likely to be the new prime minister uh mm-hmm. because the majority party so he's the first uh openly gay uh prime minister of ireland uh he is one of four openly gay uh, world leaders who ever. are they name them um there was donatello a, michelangelo i, I want to say irene she was the pm of iceland no longer um I want to say Iris or Irene Sergman's daughter, uh, something, okay. something like that. There's Xavier Bettencourt or Battelle in uh, Luxembourg. Mm-hmm. And there's somebody else in, I want to say, South America who I can't remember now. So okay. there have been four ever. Okay. Uh, he's the only one of two currently in power. Uh, mm-hmm. He's the son of an immigrant and openly gay and uh, good for him. Oh, well, uh, just like St. Patrick. Yep. Uh, so, uh, and then uh, we have Australia. Speaking of uh, countries that have been pushing around marriage equality bills and not doing anything like them, a uh, new, sure. new survey says that 26% of coalition voters would vote for a new government if legislators do not just hurry up and make marriage equality happen. That's not even close to a majority. So what does that mean? Um, I guess it just means that uh, the coalition party... Yeah. Uh, a quarter of the people who are supporting that party would stop supporting that party if they don't do marriage equality. Okay. And the way a parliamentary system works, that could mean that they have to, like, reelect everyone, right? That means that the coalition... So those are coalition voters. Yeah. That means that the coalition could fall apart. Right, which means the government falls apart, which means they have to they have, have new to elections. everything. Yes. Right. Okay. So, uh, and 60% of voters say that holding a plebiscite is unreasonable. Well, again, that's not a strong majority. So these numbers are... I don't know what they mean, because we, we live in a world where you need to have these super majorities to yeah. do anything. Yeah. Um, so I don't know what these numbers mean in, in a more... In a system where there are more factors at play than well, I think two parties. What what they indicate is that politicians could be in trouble uh, if they don't take action. That that voters in particular are getting fed up. I think okay. that's, that's what's being indicated so here. So most want them to... So some so politicians large, a, are yeah. willing to stick their neck out and say that we will stop supporting the coalition if you don't do something. No, a, a, a chunk of voters, not politicians, a chunk of voters are saying, oh. we will stop voting for you, coalition party, or coalition parties. Uh, we will switch our votes if, oh. if you don't do marriage equality. Okay, but it's a really tiny percent. I mean, it's a quarter. Yes, but it's a quarter of... I mean, that's not an insignificant amount when elections are close okay i thought what you were saying is that the politicians would stop supporting the coalition no 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 oh 
Okay. Well, so again, I, okay, great. Uh, I don't know what any of this means. I thought that what you were saying is that like a, a sizable chunk of the coalition party was like, if we don't do something about this, uh, then we're going to stop being collated no what, what i'm saying is the citizens citizens will uh the, basically the politicians cannot count on the support of of a quarter of the people supporting them which is a big chunk uh, that's significant yeah. uh if they can't do it, 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 pass this marriage equality bill. Yeah. i mean it's significant but i mean like you don't need them if you have the other 75 percent uh well maybe i mean if i guess if the um if it's pretty overwhelming majority sure but that that's not how it works right that's that's 70 that's we're talking about just the people who are voting for that party so if mm-hmm. you are if the election is close and let's say your your party gets 55 and the other party gets 45 yeah and a quarter of the people who are supporting you switch over to the other party that means that you would but i don't think it's a matter so again like this is uh, just our ignorance i don't think it's a matter of you switch to the other party i think it's I think you have a, a portfolio of like yeah yeah you have a uh, bunch of parties of options. I mean, basically, what this is saying is that voters are going to become very unpredictable, and if you want to hold on to their support, uh, they're telling you what they expect you to do. Okay, and sixty percent don't want the plebiscite. I thought it was more than that, but sixty. It's... Well, so sixty percent specifically call it unreasonable. Unreasonable. Okay. Yeah. So, still waiting on Australia. Anytime, you guys. Uh, I think the. Uh, I think today. I feel actually. like the. I feel like the more we talk about this, the less I understand it. Uh, I probably could remedy that by looking something up, but it's not necessary. I, instead, I just want to make references to the Rainbow Tour. Yes. Uh, so that's going on in Australia, and I think mm-hmm. today, when this episode goes up, the fifth, I think that's the last day of the parliamentary session in Australia. Okay. So may- maybe maybe they'll pass it on the last day. They won't. Uh, Cambodia. Uh, multiple parties there are calling for marriage equality now. Uh, Taiwan just got the freedom to marry. Well, not exactly. love a party. They do. They can't, they can't get enough. Multiple parties. Yay. That's what I went to in Chicago. Uh, so Taiwan now has its ruling on marriage equality. Taiwan marriage or Cambodia? Taiwan. You said Cambodia. Uh, Cambodia is calling for marriage equality. Oh. Yes. Yeah, so Taiwan has the marriage equality. Oh, they has it. Uh, well, sort of. They have the ruling. Mm. Marriage hasn't started yet. It'll happen sometime in the next two years. Two years. Okay. Yes. So it's the first country in uh, Asia. Once it happens, it'll be the first country in Asia. Probably, Mm -hmm. unless Cambodia beats them to it. Uh, Multiple parties there are calling for marriage equality bill. Uh, One of the parties put out a statement that included a lovely line. We cannot stop the feeling of love. Oh, isn't that uh, nice? That's unlike the kinds of messages coming from this country. (laughs) From this country's political parties. (sighs) Yeah. So uh, what else have we got? Oh, the Church of Scotland. Mm -hmm. Um, This is kind of a weird statement. I'm not 100% sure how I feel about this. From the Maltese Uh, to the Scotty dog. So, yes, uh, lots of dogs. So the Church of Scotland uh, has voted to look into recognizing same-sex relationships within the church. Mm -hmm. It's already legal in Scotland, but the church now is is looking at doing that. Um, And so to justify why it's okay for the church to recognize same-sex relationships, Mm -hmm. here's what the the report that they put out said. Mm -hmm. Uh, Quote, Scriptural condemnations of same-sex sexual activity were framed in cultural contexts very different from our own, referring to the Bible, were framed in cultural contexts very different from our own, and refer to individual acts rather than committed and faithful people willing to enshrine their relationship in vows before God, dot, dot, dot. As committed and faithful partnerships between equal persons of the same sex were largely unknown in the ancient world— Neither St. Paul nor any other biblical writer could have had such partnerships in mind when they condemned same-sex sexual activity. Unquote. Um, what is your thought on this? Because that seems weird to me that they're saying that, like, same-sex romance, like, committed couples are a new invention and that same-sex couples for the last centuries of recorded history were just sinful individual acts that should have been condemned? Uh, I don't think that's what they're saying. I think what they're saying is that in the context where Paul was writing his letters, which is where um, in the New Testament we get condemnations of of same-sex humpin, um, he wasn't talking about long-term committed relationships between people. He was talking about going off and humping a butt every now and then and saying, don't do that. Uh, he wasn't referring to something marriage-like because it's just not something that in the cultural context that he was writing in would have even occurred to him as a thing that, that could or would happen. Um, and I 
I think it's an interesting argument. Uh, it's I haven't heard it framed in quite that way before, and I think if you are trying to find some sort of Christian apologetic way of uh, rationalizing and coming up with a logical reason uh, to, to reconcile uh, same-sex marriage with your Christian faith, uh, I think that that's a, a way to do it. It's sort of taking it's sort of the difference between uh the, the living constitution approach at the supreme court versus the originalist mm. fundamentalist approach that like literally these words in black and right, white written hundreds of years ago literally meant literally mean today what they literally meant then uh versus this was written in a different time and place with a different understanding of of society and, and human interactions and the needs of authority and the needs of individuals and uh, that these rules are sort of reinterpreted and reflected upon in that light and maybe we see them differently today uh, than they were seen then so i think what would i get i mean you know I and mean, there's things like the invention of heterosexuality i think is the name of the book um, stuff like that it's not until very recently i mean and obviously there's argument and wiggle room around this but it's not until very recently like the 20th century really that the idea of like a queer identity exists sure they and talk about like gay dads well just that the idea that like who you are is someone who is defined who you are is defined by your relationship with people of the same sex a sexual relationship with people of the same sex sex between people of the same sex has always happened and relationships of various configurations have happened but the idea that that's your identity that you are a person who is defined by that sexual activity is relatively new and then in contrast that there is an opposite that a heterosexuality is also relatively new so i mean this makes sense to me that this argument that Paul wasn't picturing relationships that were sort of equivalent to marriage. He was picturing uh, essentially a, a sin of fornication or a sin of adultery that involves going out and and doing a, a dirty a dirty thing with the bum or mm-hmm. with the or with the mouth hole. So, is it accurate to say that the Church of Scotland essentially is saying it's okay for us to do this now because marriage has been redefined? No, I think because th- th- what they're saying is that. Now we know that relationships that, what do they say, committed? Uh, committed and faithful people willing to enshrine the relationships and vows before God. I guess, yeah, that's the key thing, right? Because that wasn't happening before. Right. I think that they're saying that it it simply wasn't something that, that we as, as, as humans, as people, as a society, knew could happen. Like, it just, it, it wasn't a thing that had occurred to us that same-sex relationships could be committed and faithful and enshrined before God. Um, and now that we know that, uh, we can update our our approach to incorporate that without really being in violation of a- any of the more serious edicts in the Bible, because it's not adultery, it's not fornication, if it meets this criteria of being committed and faithful before God. Okay. Um and, we, and that we simply, up until now, I mean, it's actually kind of similar to the 14th Amendment argument, that that the Bible was always cool with it, is what they're saying. Mm-hmm. But we didn't realize that until we looked at it in this context. Right. That we were lumping all same-sex relationships together under the dirty, sinful fornication stuff. And it turns out that uh, not all same-sex relationships uh, run afoul well, of... Uh, th- not what they're saying here is acts, not relationships. Because mm-hmm. I mean, you can have a same-sex okay. relationship. You can have a, you know, I mean, in John, uh, they constantly talk about the disciple whom Jesus loved. They talk about uh, beloved relationships between people of the same sex in the Bible. They're just not construed as sexual. I mean, although some of them, but uh, they're not construed as sexual generally. Like you can have. It's always been possible to have loving passionate, intense, same-sex relationships, uh, what has been in the past uh, condemned and people have been killed and persecuted for is is the sexual act. So what they're saying is Paul was talking about the sexual act, and, and that's because it wouldn't have occurred at the time that that sexual act could happen 
in this sort of sanctified context. Got it. Okay. Uh, well, I think that's very cool. I, I mean, I don't love it, but uh, I think if you need that kind of explanation, because, sure. you know, to me, the, the saying that a sexual act should only happen in the context of a committed and faithful sure. relationship enshrined before God is still saying that that's the only context where sex is appropriate. And I think that's bundled up with a whole basket of problems. Uh, uh, yeah, problems and issues. So, But I understand that that's just the way that they regard sex in in the church, whether for straight people or gay people. Right. And so now, essentially, everyone's being treated uh, equally. They're, they're being equally subjected to these problematic rules about how to use your body. Right, right, right. So I think if you need that explanation, I think that that's uh, as good as one I've heard lately. Um, but I also think that, you know, it shouldn't be looked at totally uncritically mm-hmm. as just like, oh, yay, love is love. Because, I mean, that's not really what it's saying. Like, polyamorous love is not love here or you know and there's a lot of forms of love that this does not i mean this seems to suggest that atheists are not okay i mean i don't know why an atheist would want to be uh recognized by the church Church. of scotland but sure 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 sure. right a sexual relationship that is not in the context of a marriage before god is still uh it's fornication or adultery sure and i assume before the the particular god that they believe is the god so anyway so that's that's what's going on with the church of scotland i think that's that's promising and they also i don't know what the yeah i mean it's a good thing i don't i don't i don't mean to poo poo it i i think it's a positive step forward i mean whenever you have a fight between the sort of fundamentalist originalist reading of things and Mm. uh, one that takes into account reality um I think it's good when reality <laughs> supersedes uh, superstition and uh, tradition. And yeah. It's always been this way. Uh, good. Okay. Uh, some news from Chile. Okay. President Michelle Bachelet, uh, Bachelet or Bachelet? Or, I don't know. I don't know. Let's say Michelle Bachelet, uh, has called for an underground train, marriage equality, and a new copper smelter. All at once? All like, at once. Uh, so you're going to get married on the train that's driving straight into the copper smelter? Yes. Uh, so in her State of the Union, uh, she called for... Those were among the three things that she called for. Uh, I just I thought it was fantastic that it, like marriage equality was just kind of like slipped in there. Like It's such a like infrastructural thing. Sure. Yeah, we're going we're gonna to get a, a train. We're going to smelt some copper. I don't know why the president is like, we need a new copper smelter, but I guess... Mm-hmm. Good, good for Chile. So anyway, so Chile may get marriage equality at the end of the year too. Uh, she said uh, by the end of the year is, is the is the goal. So, Smelter, I don't even know her. <laughs> yeah, sure, we're up to twenty two countries now that have marriage equality. Uh, could be quite a few more by the end of twenty seventeen. Oh really? Mm-hmm. Hmm. And last bit of news is just a weird thing from Tennessee. Yeah. So uh, obviously, marriage equality is legal in Tennessee right now. The Family Action Council has said no. In fact, all marriage is illegal. Okay. So what they're saying is Tennessee's laws require that marriage be between a man and a woman. Mm-hmm. And because the Supreme Court has ruled that marriage has to be extended equally to everyone, marriage laws in Tennessee are therefore invalid, and nobody should be able to get married in Tennessee. This is not the first time we've heard this right. dumb argument about, like, end marriage because we can't have it the way that we want to. Sure. So anyway, so marriage uh, Family Action Council is filing a lawsuit to say nobody should be able to – either nobody should be able to get married or we're filing a lawsuit because I think their claim was our – our plaintiffs face the risk of being arrested if they conduct any marriage because marriage is illegal in Tennessee. Okay. How likely? So when you said the way they want it, I'm sorry, I got very distracted because I was just seeing Rodney Dangerfield saying, we're all going to get laid. And then any way you want it, that's the way you need it. Now, the way we need it is we need to understand, is anyone going to take this seriously? Because this is, this seems like, something that a judge with any amount of sense would look at and is like nah i don't know i okay. don't know uh he the the guy who's spearheading this has very big ambitions he says okay. uh, is this like a guy who like brings in a horse to marry it to- no okay. no this isn't this is an actual organization of okay. crackpots but still an actual organization that has money okay. and can hire lawyers and the lawyers can make things sound reasonable mm-hmm. uh it's not the guy who's in the news this week i wasn't even gonna bring this guy up the guy who tries to marry his laptop every now and then sure uh so it's not that guy uh, he says that he wants to take this to the Supreme Court. He says, by the time we get there, I hope some of them will have wakened up from their imperial slumber. Imperial. Wow, that's great imagery. Yes. That is like, I was reading Model Land the other day, Tara Banks' book Model Land, which I highly recommend to everybody. And it had one of the most beautiful passages I think I've ever seen in the English language. It was a photo of a dead cat giving birth to an octopus on an abandoned road 
That image has stayed with me. Imagine that, an abandoned road, and there's a dead cat lying alongside it, and then from its its womb, from its vuvalini, the tentacles, and then it's being born, a little baby octopus, and it crawls out onto the abandoned road, and it's just there beside a dead cat. Now, who took the photo? Because it's an abandoned road, so it's a photo of a dead cat giving birth to an octopus. Maybe it's a on selfie. On an abandoned road. It, maybe. It is... Ama- like, this octopus has come into the world, and what a world. It's, it's Trump's America. It's on the side of the abandoned road by the dead cat. What is, what is in store for this octopus? What is its life? <laughs> That's a good question. Probably not much. No. doesn't seem like a promising place. Where is the water, Matthew? So what got you on this? Oh, the oh, imperial image slumber. Of, of, yes, that wakened from their imperial slumber. They're slouching toward Bethlehem. It's amazing. Uh, he also says uh, he is critical of the Supreme Court um, making uh, uh, declarations that affect the states, saying... What? Yes, he says, when you begin to say that you can make us pass a law you like, then you are the ruler of every person in the United States. Well, you are the Supreme court you are the court that has supremacy over the other courts in the interpretation of laws across the states yeah he seems to be saying how dare the supreme court uh, who are you to judge authority yes yeah (laughs) Uh, who are you to judge judy yeah uh if uh, uh, so we have state courts (laughs) and we have federal courts and we have a supreme court Mm -hmm. and when there is conflict in the state courts we have a Supreme Court to decide how to interpret the laws. And that, I mean... That's, that is what they do. Yes, they are the rulers the, of, of that uh, thing. I wouldn't uh, use exactly the word ruler, but okay. Yeah, I mean, the, who, are, who, who are they to judge what the states do? They are the judges who decide what, what the, the states, states do. do. So he has another novel uh, legal observation here. Uh, he says uh, that, uh, he says, let me just address this question in case anybody has it. Isn't Brown versus Board of Education a case where the Supreme Court said you must do something and we all did it? The answer is sort of no. Uh, okay. <laughs> what he's saying is, uh, I'm just going to summarize here, uh, that uh, in Brown v. Board of Education, which uh, ended school segregation. Yeah. Uh, also, I don't think anyone was going to Brown versus Board, Board of, of education, education, but this is clearly okay. something that he just wants to get off his chest. Yeah. Uh, he said what uh, the Supreme Court did not say was that you must have a government-funded school system. So if Arkansas wanted to, it could have said, well, we're just going to get rid of government-funded education. Uh, we're going to uh, lower your taxes by getting rid of schools, uh, and everyone can just go to educational co-ops, homeschools, churches, and synagogues the way we did it in the 1800s, uh, and the Supreme Court could not have forced him to create a school system. So uh, that's how he believes we should handle marriage? Look, if he wants to get rid of marriage, I'm all for it. I'm, I'm not going to fight him on that. Uh, and I guess Arkansas... So, I mean, I don't know how that actually works. Uh, we do have a Department of Education. Um, I don't know if we did at the time Brown versus Education passed, uh, Board of Education passed. But uh, we do have a Department of Education that handles the allocation of monies, honeys. So it might not have been advantageous to just say, no more schools. Mm-hmm. Uh, for a state to do that. But, yes, everyone go to your co-op. But theoretically, I, I, I suppose maybe that's true. I don't know if it is or it isn't. But, uh, I mean, okay. I, I mean, if he if he's saying getting rid of schools is something that people should have done to protest integration, which sounds like what he's saying, yeah, is that if you're not happy with integration, we should have just ended the school system. Uh, and if you're not happy with inclusive marriage you should just end marriage uh i guess i mean i think education and marriage are popular i mean i say that now education's who knows if education anyone gives a shit at this point but well, i uh, think parents definitely want to have uh, government-funded daycare for their kids well absolutely and uh are you kidding third arabesque but uh yeah, I mean, I guess uh, if he wants to make the case that Tennessee should just get rid of marriage, good luck. There's going to be a lot of pregnant teen girls who will be annoyed because they thought they were going to have a nice wedding day. Mm. And then another one six years later when they get divorced. Yeah. Uh, I, that, that's, do you have another wedding day once you get divorced? Well, no. Oh, I mean, oh, they, no, they'll get, get remarried. You, yeah, they'll okay, get remarried. you don't have a divorce day. No. Wouldn't that be something if people had divorce days, like uh, big divorce ceremonies? 
I mean, I imagine highfalutin. Uh, who I bet I bet there are people who rich people do that. Even? Yeah, who are like, oh, darling, come to our divorce soiree. There's going to be whores divorce and a whores bath in every dressing room. Little Herman's the photographer, Fatrix, and he's gonna shake his ass and mayonnaise is coming out. Oh, very European. Oh, he's doing his rainbow tour of ass. James, uh, what if I come back and I have uh, a European accent? I am kind of expecting a few affectations. Affectations? Here's the thing. Here's the thing. When people go away for the first time, they come back and they're they're a little insufferable. I'm sure I was. Uh-huh. Everyone is. Everyone is. They 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 James, they mansplain things to themselves and others. They have little accents, accente sobre le goût. They make goo. Uh, it's like they're Marco Polio. They come back and they think they've made all these discoveries, and it's fine. It's just what you do. What uh, so I'm expecting. Am I going to have? You're going to say bonsoir, and you're going to make that popping sound. <laughs> I already do that. Oh, uh, what if I? Here's here's the most. You're going to say cheers. Cheers. I'm going to say cheers. You're going to be one of those people who says cheers. I don't think so. And then you're going to go to Burning Man. I'm going to say chairs. But uh, no, here's here's the most insufferable thing that you came back from Europe with. Yes, uh, is that you had mole sauce there, and you asked me to make mole sauce a few times. I had no mole sauce in Europe. You are in, you are conflating many things. I developed a taste for the mole sauce down the hill from where we lived at Papalote, <laughs> not in Europe. Uh, really? If you are went you to the sure? bus stop down the hill, that is where I had mole sauce for the first time in the chicken mole burrito at Papalote. Are you and sure? And it was delicious. I didn't have any mole sauce in Europe. What are you talking I about? I went sworn. to England. I could have sworn. England is not known for its mole sauce. Mole. So I could have sworn, James, that... Also, I think mole means sauce, so I understand we're saying sauce sauce. Here's here's what happened. <laughs> I have misremembered. You have completely misremembered. I developed my taste for mole <laughs> at the at the bus stop. And then you were in Europe for a long time and you couldn't have it and then you came back and that was one thing you wanted when you came back. And you had me make mole well, sauce when you came back. I didn't have you make it. I you you chose to make it. I would have been perfectly content to go get a burrito at the bus stop. But I wanted to make something nice for you. I understand. You. I understand. But you're, but it you're was better accusing at the bus me. Stop burrito place. You are accusing me of... Well, I don't know what insufferable things you came back with then. Because I don't think... Because, I mean, I also talked to you about how in Sweden everything had Bernays on it. Which was probably a, a uh, error of the sample. Because I was uh, ordering Bernays everywhere. But I brought that up. And then you started making Bernays all the time. Which, again, I didn't ask for because I had had a lot of Bernays already, but you were making a lot of Bernays, and you also got rats. Yeah, and I got rats. So really, I was the insufferable one <laughs> after, after you went to Europe. You did bring back some terrible candy. And oh, you took that pictures was of a monkey. I did take pictures of a monkey. That's true. So I don't know. I don't think I don't think you you came back with anything weird from from your voyages. Oh well, you know. I mean, if someone brings up England or someone brings up Sweden, I have to do that thing where it's like, ooh, let's talk about that. Uh, even though, like, I don't have anything. I like. Look, I, I rode the bus from one part of Nottingham to another, and sometimes I'd go into London and e- eat a food and look at a windmill. I'm going to miss you very much. Uh, you will go to the red light district. You will get in the window, and you won't. You'll, you'll go in to buy a little a little flower. They sell flowers in Amsterdam. You'll go in to buy a little uh, a tulip of the kind you press between your two lips. And somehow you're going to be shown to the dressing room and then shown to the shower. And then you're going to end up in the window doing your little shaking your little tush on the catwalk. Mm-hmm. That's, you know, I, if it didn't happen to me at IML, it'll definitely happen to me in Amsterdam. You're going to and, and uh, Emmanuel Macron will come by and he'll see that you've pressed your cheeks to the window and you're kind of smearing them around. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and and Justin Trudeau will be there and Gary Trudeau will be there. All the famous Trudeaus. Mm-hmm. Trace Boileau. They'll all, like the time you chase Trace Boileau into a closet to ask him about the taint, they'll <sighs> all say, look at little Matthew. He's making us uncomfortable but also aroused. So, 
Yeah. Yes. At one point, uh, we were at a function where one of the writers and performers from Mystery Science Theater was present, and I knew that he had written a joke on... No, I didn't even know that he wrote a joke on... <laughs> I knew that he He worked, was a writer. He was a writer on America's Funniest Home Videos for a time, and we'd been watching an episode of America's Funniest Home Videos, and somebody fell off a bicycle seat and landed with the top tube between their legs, and Tom Bergeron said, this bike just got tainted, and... So I followed Tom nope I followed Trace into a into a closet to have a conversation with him asking him whether that was a taint joke and he said of course it was a taint joke because uh, I think we had argued about it yeah um well taint misbehaving I was on the right side of history I wasn't no, I was on the wrong side of history you said but it wasn't. I, I I can retcon how could it myself not be? Matthew, I have retconned myself. While you are in Europa, James, now Matthew, we must yes. we must discuss this. Yes. While you are in Europa, will we do will this? Marriage? Will this continue? Why would this continue? Because I like having a weekly check in with you. Oh, and this is it. This is this is one of them. Oh boy. I have periodic check ins with you throughout the day, of course, but mm. I like talking to you about stuff. The periodic table of uh, mm-hmm, yeah. Sp- Blended beefs. Ooh, delicious. Okay, yes. The periodic table of splendid beefs. Why not? That's the new podcast. We're ditching Defining Marriage, Uh and it'll be a weekly periodic check-in of splendid beefs. Delicious. From all over Europa. Yep. Uh, hello, Europa. All these worlds are yours, so, except Europa. I would like to. I would like to have uh, maybe a Saturday or a Sunday where we have some dedicated time set aside Saturday. to to check in and see how we're doing and say hello and talk about my adventures and talk about how you're keeping busy. I will not be keeping busy. What I'm going to do is I'm going to fill the house with filth and I'm going to burrow into it and I'm going to uh, make a cocoon of my own waist and when you come home i will be madama butterfly i'll always fly away uh twice as high take a look it's in a book i'm gonna miss you so much james i'm not gonna have any nonsense i'm just gonna have to listen to people speaking foreign languages and pretend that they're saying nonsense you are going to a land of absurdist theater of uh commedia dell'arte of mime Mm -hmm. and of magic there will be absurd nonsense around every Every corner corner. it's probably right there will be clowns in the sewers there will be stars in my garters in anise it's okay you're right. You're right. Of course, there will be wild adventures for me. Sure, uh, so there will I should be... not get f- hung up and fixated on missing you and feeling nervous about like oh, I missed my train and, and stuff like that. You will miss your train. It will be fine. You'll miss your yes, train, but there then will you'll be catch misunderstandings the next one. and things, and it'll be it'll be fine. It'll yes, be just fine. You will get your work done on time mm-hmm. and to a high degree of quality, or you will be punished. Oh. And well, I will because I won't have any money. That's correct. Uh, and you will continue podcasting this. I, I, so I guess the plan is that there will be no interruption in this, so there might be some interruption. There might let's be, be some honest. weeks where it just is not possible. And Sewers of Paris continues. There will be, should no, not be any disruptions There will be no that. disruption in Sewers of Paris. There will be no uh, scripts on the night. I've got some real good episodes coming up, you guys. Very good. You'll be recording new ones. In Paris. Sure, and all over. And all over. You'll be maybe doing videos. That people can catch up with. People can follow you, of course, on the, yes. all sorts of things and yes. see videos and I am photos. I'm very followable. You can follow me on Twitter, of course, at Matt Baum. And you can check out my weekly debrief videos on YouTube. That's at uh, youtube.com slash Matt Baum. Those will continue? Yeah, those will continue. Uh-huh. Every Friday, I intend to continue putting up uh, videos about what's been happening. Mm-hmm. Uh, it'll take me a little while to get used to time zones, I think, and sure. get fully accustomed to where, where and when things are happening. Uh, but, uh, yeah, Thursdays I, I plan to continue making the videos. It's going to be tricky, but, uh, but I'm, uh, but I'm, I'm committed to doing it. Sure. Well, I mean, if it doesn't happen right on Friday, I think you could, you could be forgiven if it was on a Saturday or a Saturday, Sunday. Saturday. Yeah. So that's the plan. Uh, and of course you can follow me on Instagram, of course. Uh, I'll, I'll have some, uh, lots of photos going on there of, of everything that I'm visiting and going to. Uh, people have been very nice on Instagram about, I get a lot of likes when I post a picture of me traveling and mm-hmm. that's nice. I'm glad that people like to see that. So thanks to everybody who's following me on Instagram. You will remember sunscreen. I will. Oh, my goodness, You don't yes. want to be one of those pinky rats that you feed to a serpent. Oh, dear, no. No, I'll have sunscreen. I will have my milk pills. I will bring my toothbrush. I will have shampoo. Uh, I'll practice all the basics all the of human, yes. human hygiene. Sure. Uh, 
and hopefully my ear will clear up. I've I've had a little pain in my ear, which I think is just like a little a little pimple in of the ear, and hopefully not like some sort of like horrible eardrum disease. Well, you'll be going to a land of uh, healthcare, free medicine. Yes, yes. You can take all the medicines. You can dance if you want to. You can leave your friends behind. That's what you're doing. You're dancing if you want to. Oh, and I'm leaving, leaving your friends, friends behind. behind. But your friends don't dance. That's true. Well, some of them do. And while I'm gone, uh, the I, go-go's do. We we uh, the, have I mean, some. You could call it dancing. Mm-hmm. It's really they're just simulating sex acts. We have a, a Dungeons and Dragons project that uh, I look forward to working from afar with you, tele telecommuting yes. with you about oh. uh, that we're that we're putting together. Uh, we have some. We have, well, we'll have some stuff to announce about that uh, in the in the future. There'll be teledildonics. I, oh, so here's what I do you want. want me to put one of those buzzers up your butt. I do. James, like call it occasionally. It would, I I would love that. Here's what I want. This doesn't mm-hmm. exist, but yeah. I want someone to invent it. Mm-hmm. I want a Bluetooth cock ring. There are dildos. They're mostly designed why, for women. Why don't you kickstart it? That seems easy enough. Although, uh, okay. So describe describe the product. Here's Picture, what I want. I'm the shark tank. I'm going. Uh, 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 when the shark bites hey with a mouth hole no and it's so sharky fun shark tank so here's what it is it's a bluetooth cock ring uh-huh. and when oh. and you connect it to your phone i'm sharky and Anyone who has your 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 dick code, every, anyone in the world who wants to make your your mm. penis vibrate, yeah. uh, they can go online on their phone or whatever and mm. give it a little tap, and you can feel them tapping away. Your little cock ring taps in time with their finger on their phone, so they go rub 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 tap tap tap, and you feel a little rub 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 tap 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 in the cock ring attached to your body wherever you are in the world. Now this sounds like this has more advanced haptics than I was thinking of. You can actually sense the tap there. Now you understand, of course, there's going to be lag. This isn't going to be real time at all of course my darling but uh okay so a bluetooth but knowing the, ring, the thrill is that there's ding, someone ding. somewhere else in the world who's giving like a little who's, who's sure, triggering your body from afar sure but the issue with the cock ring of course is that it's a uh, the surface area of it usually isn't on a very sensitive part. It's sort of just yeah, gathering everything up and pushing it out. I mean, I guess there's there's a couple ways you could do it. One, you could just have the cock ring, which I assume would not be that sophisticated. You just give it a little tap, and the cock ring would like you know it like would a, vibrate. It go boop 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 like a yeah. like a I don't know like a like a game controller. Yeah, or I suppose uh, you, well, you need. I mean, battery power is an issue here, and oh, but that's a problem that's been solved. I mean, you you can just have some rechargeable thing. You set it down on its case or something, and it, it recharges. Yeah, sure, there there are certainly rechargeable uh, uh, vibrating cock rings. Those that's a thing that exists. Uh, I, I'm well aware. Yes. And so I guess you could you also have a more sophisticated sort of thing that, I don't know, you wear like a sleeve. I'm not sure exactly how that would work. Well, if you're not fully engorged at the time, mm. it's not fully engorgeous. Um, or you could do like, I guess, maybe a chastity cage or something and the whole cage vibrates. Is that something you want there? I'm not sure. It's hard to it's hard to predict what people will want when it comes to the penis. It's not really. It's really not. It's well, a pretty predictable device. Well, here's the thing. Yeah. Um, for most people, it is pretty predictable. You're correct. Mm-hmm. For other people, they can surprise you. Well, I mean, there's always there's always a, a jack in the box that can pop up and them make you scream. The edge cases. Oh dear, uh, it's true. It's true. Uh, however, I'm just thinking uh, the ring. Maybe, maybe the ring goo. You look into the ring and it looks you, back. Are you thinking more of like a cock sling that like in- encloses? Well, no, more? I'm just I'm just thinking that uh, I don't know. I mean, as a private little personal thrill, like, oh, I know somebody just stimulated me. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, someone reached into my pants, virtually. E- yes, I-, I think that's fine. I- but the sensation itself, I don't think, would be that great. I think it's it's it, 100% the psychological thrill of knowing someone else has the control of giving you the little buzz. Yes. And I don't know how many people want that, but probably maybe more than you'd expect. Yeah, um, James. Do you, do you suppose that that there is a psychological component to what turns people on sometimes? Yes, but I don't know how many people want to pay the money, honey, for well, that yes. particular thing to get that particular thrill when they could just go to a hole in the library bathroom stall and and just have someone go nom, 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 for five minutes. That's true. They certainly could do that. Mm. Is that what you're going to do while I'm away? That's, I uh, am moving into the library. That's what? where my cocoon of filth is going to be oh, set good. up. Cocoon of filth is the name of my band. 
That is the name of my butt. Oh, well, a little butterfly will come out. Butterfly in the sky, I'm gonna suck this guy at the library where I should read books, but I'm not reading books there. I took a horse bath in the sink. With my dink, that's my story. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you again for joining us this week. Uh, join us next week for a, a teledildonic adventure between James and myself. You can, of course, leave a review of the podcast, though God knows why you'd want to, on iTunes. You can also uh, get in touch at Matt Baum on the Twitters and uh, recommend the show to your friends and enemies. You can listen to my other podcast, The Sewers of Paris. Find me on YouTube, my weekly debrief show, where I'm talking about what's going on with LGBT issues. And... Uh, you can find me on Instagram as well. So, and of course, don't forget this week, uh, Defining Marriage, the book, free to download as an ebook. Hooray! Tell your friends. So, uh, I think that's about it. And tell your friends if they do download it. They owe Herman a little something. They owe me a little something. They owe him Mm -hmm. a review. If you get a free copy of the book, uh, be kind, rewind, leave a little review on Amazon.com. It makes a world of difference. It really and does. And it makes a world go round. Money, honey. No money, honey. <laughs> yes. It's free to be you and me. Just leave that review and you will see. And by the power vested in me by the internet, I hereby pronounce this podcast over. White Diamonds, the intriguing fragrance from Elizabeth Taylor. Dildano.